See you on the other side, Ray. Awesome 80s Podcast. Awesome! Totally awesome! You're not gonna fall for the banana and the tailpipe? I feel the need. The need for speed. Ow! It all starts here. Don't fuck with the lords of hell. Yeah! It bleeds. We can kill it. Down here, it's our time. It's our time down here. You're gonna see some serious shit. So I'm taking it back. I'm taking them all back. Wouldn't you like to be a pepper too? No, no, lady, we go for white. You guys want to go see a dead body? There's something you want badly. Are you sure you know what it is? Just give me a chance. It's never going to be great. That's up to you, isn't it? Keep working. Make it better. You got nothing! You had an opportunity, and you blew it. You gave up! What about you? He thinks he let you down. He hasn't let me down. It's just the opposite. If you quit now, you'll just be a loser. First it's a scholarship, now it's this. What's next, me? Hello again, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Awesome 80s Podcast. This is Michael. This is Lawrence. Hi, Michael. Hi, how are you? Do you believe in serendipity? I believe in call it fate, call it karma, call it whatever you want to call it, Glenn. Because last week we were on here talking about homeless people, and I mentioned, hey, it's been 10 years since uh, we are coming up on our 10th year doing this podcast. We should have some old friends back. And then who texts me out of the blue but Liz? Hi, Liz. Hey. And Liz brought the pain this week, but we'll talk about it. (laughs) Uh, I was getting ice for my drink, and you said it was loud. I have a a situation where the ice has got now a blob in the Mm. fridge. And all I had was I had to choose between, like, the hipster, like, rocks that someone gave me that you're supposed to use for ice or uh, my child's, uh, like, frozen teething ring. Okay. I chose with I chose the rocks. Wink. Spring. <laughs> Not cool. Yeah, you don't want to do that. So why did Liz out of the blue just decide to message you, Clint? Well, Liz, like every six weeks, I uh, I look forward to a random Liz text, which generally puts us to about two hours of texting that would Making probably What was that? Usually. Yeah. Yeah, and it usually they all usually take the same tone, which is uh, I'm the gay best friend, and we're very haggy towards people. And uh, this time it was not like that, and I think it was early in the morning too. Uh, on my way to work. Yeah, she asked if we had done a movie, and I said, "You know, we have not." And then I thought, "Why haven't we done this movie?" Uh-huh. Answer. Answer came five days later, but uh, she was right. This it was a movie that we had never even discussed, but we should have. I'm trying to think. What was the first movie we ever did with Liz? It was the like the 50s type throwback, wasn't it? There's maybe a ghost involved. What was that? The Heavenly Kid. The Heavenly Kid. 
I, I couldn't, my friend was asking which movies we'd done, and I knew there was Peggy Sue, and there was American Psycho, and Fatal Attraction. I'm like, there's one more, and I couldn't think of what it was. Uh, also, Liz, uh, the co-host on our uh, Never Got Off the Ground, uh, We Hate Everything podcast, which still update, gives me a message every week from our Facebook page that people like it. Uh, we still have those tapes, and one day, Michael will give them to me, and I will put them out, maybe. I do a lot. Uh, I think it was all about Amanda Bynes at that time. God, dated. Well, we were uh, talking about what was uh, popular then, and I guess Amanda Bynes. She's not even relevant to me, so it makes me think that everything I hate today, in five years, I'm not going to care about. Oh my God, life epiphany. <gasps> that means you never have to worry about guns or Donald Trump. <laughs> I like weapons. Well, I like I like oh, weapons. No one else's. Yeah, I like weapons for personal use. I don't like machine guns in the hands of children. But that's another podcast. No, that's a whole yeah. So about three weeks ago on this show, I went off on an ill-advised rant about gymnastics because a monster was uh convicted uh of doing horrific things to children so liz unknowing this said let's bring happiness back to gymnastics during the olympics let's talk about american anthem uh liz what motivated you to bring this movie up i was in New York last weekend and a friend and I were talking about terrible eighties movies with terrible soundtracks. And this one popped into my head almost immediately because this was such a favorite movie for me as a little kid. And then it kind of like, I could hear the music. I could hear lines where it's like, I must've watched this so many times that I, I haven't missed a beat, even just rewatching it over the last few days. It was sort of a, Oh my God, I forgot this. And yet I didn't, I still knew all the lines. I knew the seriousness of it. It's just that much more horrible and white trash now that I'm old enough to know what's going on. Uh, so not Olympics inspired at all. No, gross. <laughs> uh, I concur. I got some uh, a message from one of our fans today because apparently you put out the Cool Runnings podcast again uh, asking me about me hating the Olympics. And I do hate the Olympics. <laughs> I forgot I talked about it. I wish there was more. I wish there was more live coverage of the village. Like, you know, they've got Big Brother and everything going on. Like, that's what I want to watch. I want what to watch the other eighty nine percent of people have no chance of meddling. I want to watch their life in the in the Olympic Village. Like, that would be good TV. Oh, you mean like the crazy gymnastics coach behind the scene? Is that where you're going with it? No, no. There's people. There's people fucking basically that week. Yeah, it's it's a giant orgy if everything we've read is said to be true. It's just attractive, fit people fucking. Like less than 1% body fat, just fuck. Yep. Uh, so I know that I have seen parts of this movie back in the HBO days, but I don't know if I've ever watched it all the way through. We know Liz has. Michael, did you? Yeah, I've probably watched it probably – 80 times at least it's like it was one of those things that was on constantly on hbo like one of those movies they played 300 400 times through like they're like okay we bought this one we got to play it as much as we can for this six or seven months 
Um, also, it, it definitely just rewatching it initially, it definitely reminds me of Rocky Four a little bit. <laughs> just because yes. of what? Well, lots of training montages and the music. It's, it's important to have your workout music. You can't work out without the music. You can't drive your car or your four-wheeler without the music. I do reference Rocky Four in my notes. So if it's okay with you guys, I will uh, drive, and I will allow you guys to comment randomly as we go. <laughs> so this movie starts out, uh, and my first comment is what the fuck is happening here? Uh, I don't. I did, it started out with like a montage, and usually movies just don't start out with a montage. Usually, you have to build to your first montage. Not this movie. To the song lyrics. He, John Parr, you know, of Saint Elmo's Fire Faith, is actually singing to us the story of both of these crazy kids' background. Singing it, okay. Like, he's talking about the problems with his dad. Like, you know, he can't live up to his dad's expectations. And she's, you know, she's just from a different world. She's Park Avenue, man. So there She's one girl and he's one boy. Yeah. Is it okay if I called this 16 Candles the Olympic? I'm sorry, I apologize. Pretty in Pink, the Olympic version. That's exactly what it is. Uh, so... Now, it opens, during this montage, we see a dude working in a metal shop. Did that turn you on, Liz, as a child? As an employee at 1 o'clock this afternoon at work. Uh, but what's the weird thing is, if you watch his job, what is his exact, like, what is, I mean, is he unionized? Is, like, what is his, <laughs> what really shows him is, like, hammering one piece of metal into another piece of metal, and there's sparks flying, and he's super sweaty. I mean, it looked hot. Yeah, but he's like, what, all of 18? Yeah. <laughs> and that's the other thing. Like, I mean, we'll get to this in a minute, but he's 18. She's probably 18 or 19. Most gymnast careers are over by then, and yet they're just getting kicked off. <laughs> uh, so you referenced. Uh, then we have a blonde lady. Uh, she's dancing, and then right away is on an airplane. Uh, yeah. Man. I guess if I listened to the song lyrics, that might have made more sense. That's my fault. Yeah, no, it's a really good song, too. And then there's just cutaways to random people. There's like a drunk bearded guy in a Jeep uh, at a BMX race. There's just random ass people. Like, just they just cut away to them. And I'm like, I don't have anything invested in any of these people. Who are they? They're just the side characters. Uh, well, my favorite side character was drunk bearded guy in a Jeep. He yeah. comes back later on. <laughs> I like the uh, bearded metal shop guy who uh, aided our main character with cutting off his, his, his cast with the angle grinder. He was just, I felt like he was, he was, he was working in the shop and then he jumped up to get the angle grinder. He's like, yeah, I'm strong enough to rip this angle, rip this cast off my wrist and I'm going to get skinny Pete over here to cut it off my wrist. Well, you know, people don't have health insurance. So <laughs> <laughs> well, you could tell, obviously the father had a good job, yeah. union job, take care of a family, kind of a job. Now, Michael, who is this blonde chick? Oh, she's important. She's probably the most hated person in Canada. I would say. 
Wayne Gretzky's wife, isn't she? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. She's, I mean, I think she might be a gymnast in real too, like, or she's a dancer or something because she actually had the physique of someone that like does this for a living. So as the legend goes, uh, Wayne Gretzky was the, a young Canadian legend and he got starstruck with his new girlfriend and she wanted him to move to LA. So he demanded to be traded out of Canada, his native country. And he had moved to LA uh, and basically cursed Canada forever to never win again. And uh, he became a star and then he bought or he managed a franchise in Arizona and then her gambling habits got him kicked out of hockey. <laughs> I didn't know that about her. I, I mean, I just knew this about her, that she's in like one of the greatest movies of all time. Uh, yeah, I, I may not have all of my facts straight, but I do remember, this is out of memory, that she got caught in a massive gambling ring and compromised his position as a coach of a team. And it was not good. Itself. That'd be such a good movie. And her song that like he was a good she was he was the great one she was I don't uh and they they did make a really I I don't know if you noticed but they did make a really really hot dog I was just gonna say that they produced one of the hottest uh females on the planet together. (laughs) Uh, Jones, after the King's Ransom came out, the 30 for 30, the ESPN show, she said that she would not have allowed herself to become barefoot and pregnant when she she was intent on pursuing her career in Los Angeles. Um, Gretzky and her went on to have five children. So what it felt like is she spent the rest of her life being barefoot and pregnant. (laughs) (laughs) Also, uh, Jones and a half dozen NHL players were among those implicated in the New Jersey-based sports gambling ring allegedly financed by Phoenix Coyote assistant coach rick touche um now you know what everyone you know what some people think michael jordan didn't quit basketball because he was dead he quit basketball for a while for other reasons that's all i'm saying well i mean wayne gretzky had two choices at some point in his life he could either make sure no one slept with his hot daughter or he could watch his wife and make sure she didn't gamble he chose to protect his hot daughter and then his wife gambled away everything well, poor, poor Wayne Gretzky. But they're still married. Yes. I mean, come on, Wayne. Because, because <laughs> uh, marriage is last, Liz. Marriage is last. <laughs> I guess I do. Uh, you are freshly into a marriage, so congratulations on that. Yep, thank you. Congratulations. So the main character, Mitch Gaylord? Yeah. He was an actual He's a real gym. Olympian. Yeah. It's a big deal. Uh, did he get did he get a gold, a silver, and a bronze? Is that what it was? Yeah, I forget. I really just knew him from this. Again, I'm not a big Olympic. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm trying to go back just to take it back. I think we talked about your marriage on the show, Liz, because I think I made some Facebook comment because maybe I didn't believe you're really married. And I waited like an hour and it seemed like it was completely inappropriate. So I deleted it out of shame. Uh, I think. Right. What? Did you think I was kidding or something? Well, yeah, I think so. I mean, it's not like you wouldn't have done that before. 
he talked to me about it. He I think like, I mentioned. You I on thought the show. she was full of shit. You you were just like, you're full of shit. Like that's what he posted or something. He's like, oh, I think she actually did get married. <laughs> I felt <Yeah>. really bad. <laughs> uh, well, just long enough to delete it. <laughs> I spent like the days leading up to my marriage the countdown, and then like posting pictures, and I didn't crash at party or any of that. So yeah, I mean. I kind of like, I didn't really like make a big thing of it. Like I kind of got engaged and then got married a few months later and then here you have it. Well, no, that's, that's great. I prefer that. I think my logic was, I'm pretty sure you've like basically put yourself in relationships on before with like inanimate objects on Facebook. I don't know. I think that if you haven't, it's something I would think you've done. Like, Hey, I'm dating this couch. And you know, I just couch over the summer. Oh, and I'm, the data couch, it would be this couch right behind me. See, I was justified in my thinking. Yeah. Still looked like an asshole to whoever else, like the 500 other people who saw that comment, and then I deleted it. Uh, but we can move on. <laughs> so, congratulations. Congratulations. Thanks. So, uh, after the montage ended, I asked myself, Am I watching this movie in reverse? Because, A, you don't usually start out with a montage. And, B, it seemed like there was a well-baked story that I was unaware of. Now, I have just learned new information. If I would have listened closer to the theme song, the story was laid out for me. Once again, this is on me. All the time. And it's, like, cool. But then whoever made this movie does it. I mean, it's just that smart. That smart. So, I mean, at the very beginning of the movie, you know the entire story. You know what's going to happen beginning, middle, and end. And you're just happy to be on this ride with these cute kids. Yeah. From different star-crossed. So, we have the blonde chick, and she's going to a gymnastics camp for the USA, uh, coached by a Rusky, because 1980s. Coach his name. What was his name? Soranoff. <laughs> Soranoff. There's some. There's definitely big joke in there. Yeah. Do it. It's too soon. Hashtag too. Soon. <laughs> uh, hashtag never too soon on the other <laughs> podcast. Uh, <laughs> then we see a bad boy sitting in the corner smoking a cigarette, just brooding. <laughs> the 80s and people smoked indoors back then but this is a gymnasium with well-trained athletes how does somebody not pick up the smell of cigarette smoke and be like who is this loose cannon in the quarter i went the other way i was shocked that the gymnasts weren't smoking <laughs> Ooh, i'm like how would he such a good athlete and he's taking all this time off for a broken shoulder and he's like a chain smoker and he eats eggs straight out of the shell Ugh. I don't like. Or at least you'd think, or at least you'd think that Coach Soranoff would be smoking while he's coaching at the same time. Yeah, that would have made sense. Uh, so next, we cut to a weird guy with a bunch of electronic keyboards making hits. <laughs> Ask. He. Uh, so. At first, it's like a serial killer lair. Like, they kind of do the slow pan from behind. And I don't know. It's like a dark room. I imagine the 1980s uh, lip sync show Putting on the Hits was playing, like, in his headphones. 
And I don't know. It just was kind of creepy. It definitely, it definitely felt like there were body parts frozen in his yeah. freezer that he would make love to. About him. Like, I don't care if he was in a car accident, which gets immediately explained, but I'm not saying he didn't deserve it. Uh, you are rushing. <laughs> you are rushing that explanation. But then uh, Julie, Janet Jones, shows up and he's like, hello, cousin. Like, just to let everyone know that they're not related and there's no way he'd try to have sex with her or be creepy. He, like, rolls towards a door and runs his FDR-style wheelchair. <laughs> <laughs> I got this new deal I want to and, tell like, people let's, about. Let's her in the door and says, like, dance for me while I play music. <laughs> <laughs> Are just right. hanging out at the door. Uh, yeah, he's just a curly-haired, weird dude. Uh, like I said, he calls out right away. He's the cousin, so we know that you know he's not the bad boy. Uh, I don't know. Like I just got really bad vibes about this creep. Liz, your thoughts on the curly-haired, weird cousin? Well, aside from he looks like Matt. <laughs> <laughs> He does look like Eric Stoltz a little bit from that. going to rape her or beat her the entire film. Like, even early in, he seemed, like, not just resentful, but there was something very, like, he, there should have been a spinoff just about what was going on in his life. Well, we later find out that he has no parents, and we all know that kids with no parents are creepy. That's true. Uh, so. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, guys. So, uh, yeah. It's money though, so that's true. This kid's living high on the land with his millions of dollars of 80s electronics equipment. Uh, so yeah, I don't know. He's just he's a weird guy. He's sitting there, he's listening to putting on the hits, he's doing his thing. Uh, they have like they have like a brief conversation, and then we kind of cut away from him. But don't worry, there's more of Creepy Cousin to come later. Uh, now we're like at a party and, uh, Julie, she, uh, she runs into the bad boy. Can I do my impression of their like interaction? Uh, please. Okay. So he walks up to her. He's like, Hey, she's like, Hey, and he's like, so at the gym earlier, she's like, yeah, you work out there too. He's like, nah, I used to. All right. Well, I got to get back to my bitchy friend with the sharp brown hair. Yeah. See you around. And then you're like, nods his head and that's it i'm like in what world does that interaction take place in 2018 in a world he's like hey hey that was it like that was how much chemistry they have uh it was definitely uh magical right there i saw fireworks so uh, yeah, and it's just some, like, random outdoor party. Like, they never explain a lot in this movie. Like, they just kind of jump from scene to scene. The party was they were just all we outside. Could... Like, you don't really see much going on besides, like, people. I want to see the blow. There was <laughs> serious train gymnasts. They're not into drugs, okay? They're not into enhancing <laughs> performance. They're, they're serious about their craft. Well, they weren't testing back then, so they should have did a bunch of performance-enhancing drugs. <laughs> what it felt like this party had, like, 30-year-old dudes, and and there was no, like, true gymnasts. Like, when you watch the actual Olympics on TV, it's, like, 12- and 13-year-old girls. Yeah, no, these, I feel like these people are, like, kind of, like, too old, and most of them, like, you can tell with the women have had periods, so that just eliminates 
That's that's just facts. We just state the facts here on the Awesome Eighties podcast. It's just a fact. <laughs> um, what what I noticed, like eventually they do show some training, and then it felt like out of all of the gymnasts we see, only one of them could possibly be a girl <laughs> gymnast that would actually compete in the Olympics. Uh, so this is my favorite part of this movie is they give you all of the plot and bits and pieces. Like you can obviously tell what the main plot's going to be, but the backstory is delivered so slowly. And it's because basically they had nothing else. Like they're like, okay, we're going to develop like a very uncomplicated backstory, but we're going to give it to them so slowly that they have to keep watching. So like with the cousin in the first scene, uh, we don't know that he has no parents uh, yet. And as I mentioned, people with no parents are creepy. Uh, But we do know uh, in like with the bad boy, we know he has a past. We just don't know. What that past is. Yeah. Why is he here? Why did he have a broken arm? So at this point, he slowly starts to unravel it. We know that he used to be a great football player. And most of them, like they're very interchangeable. (laughs) Yeah. It's basically the same core muscles, right? One, two, the other. But we know he, once again, also was a gymnast, but he gave it up for mysterious reasons. We'll figure more of that later on. Uh, But Steve's dad, we find out, Steve the football player, he's laid off. Once again, a la Pretty in Pink in reverse. If you're laid off, you're not going to wear full clothes at all. You're just going to wear like sweatpants, wife beater, or like some combination of thereof. Yeah. No, he just basically walks around like, I think he's drunk, but he's definitely not (laughs) happy about it. And he's pointing this stuff like... I can't get a job at the local mill. Why can't you go? Now, I spent my summer uh, unemployed uh, through no fault of my own. And that's not what you call it. Glenn. Oh, fun, what, fun employment. I did call it fun employment. I, and I, I hate myself and love myself at the same time. I never hated myself. Amazing. Fun employment was probably the best three months of my life. I'm not going to lie. I loved it. I saw boys with men. All the time, like, this is awesome. Like, I guess maybe you have that financial concern eventually. I don't know. Well, uh, I basically decided I'm going to mortgage my future so I can live life now. And how. Hey, 401ks haven't been doing good at all lately, have they? (laughs) No, don't tell me. Live your best life now. (laughs) Live live your best life now. Yeah. I mean, you can just get into cryptocurrency anytime you want and make billions. <laughs> uh, Michael, you enjoyed my fun employment because you would be able to call me and say, hey, Cubs game today? And I would be like, yeah, <laughs> it's that or people's court. And I'm already recording the people's court. I was recording the people. Still do. Anyway. Uh, it's awesome. So yeah, this guy in the movie, Mr. Tavari, I don't understand what his problem is. He like beats his son, yells at his pretty wife. Yeah, we can agree his wife was way hotter than him. Like he deserved. He was really the glue that kept that family together, like a rose between a bunch of thorns. 
she that re- drove like a bad pickup truck. Right. She reminded me of like a early 90s uh, Grace Under Fire. Yes. Yes. I see it. A little Brett Butler action there. She, she did a lot of cocaine too. Just throwing Brett it out Butler? There. You're damn right she did. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so who was the dad? Was he, did, was he in stuff? I don't think so. I don't think anyone in this was famous. I don't think in this movie anyone in this movie. I think the guy that worked at the worked in the uh, the actual facility where the main character cut metals and put them onto motorcycles. I think that guy, the big fat guy with the beard, I think he was in stuff, but he was the only person I recognized this entire film. Did the, did the dad remind you of the pretty and pink dad? Did that happen? You got- well, I think just in the unhappiness and the wife beaterness. The mother is Michelle Phillips of Mama and Papa's name. Oh. You feel bad now. I do. That is the mom. That's oh, wow. the mom of Wilson Phillips, people. Yeah. <laughs> I gave her better credit than you did, but that's okay. <laughs> she's always been hot. Even though she's like 70s now, she's still hot. Yeah, she was in it. Uh, beyond that, yeah, it's the tiny Wells played the guy in the mill or the log factory or whatever it was. Um, I feel like I've seen that name. And then, of course, Miss Gaylord, who's really now. Uh, speaking of which, if you're uh, looking to help an old actor uh, be able to walk again, our old friend uh, Walter Orkowitz still sends me monthly emails asking for money. Who? Uh, you would recognize him, uh, from his several characters in the series ER, Cheers, uh, Twin Peaks. Why does he want money? I love Twin Peaks. Why does he want money? He was in 1941, too. He was on our show, like, six years ago. He got injured on the set of, like, The Fugitive or something. I don't remember. Some Tommy Lee Jones movie. And he can't walk. And he wanted to do some crazy uh, experimental, uh, Mexican drugs. And... We back up. I want to do that too, but no one's giving me any money. Well, we we put him on our show. He was very grateful, and uh, then I got on a mailing list where every month for six years he continues to ask me for money. So, uh, Liz, anybody can start a GoFundMe for just about anything. <laughs> Believe me, I know. <laughs> uh, you know what? I know I'm more mature because I. Just, just stop myself from making five different inappropriate jokes. <laughs> we all grew up at different well, places, Clint. she's a married woman now. Uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> and also, oh, I'll text it to you later. You'll appreciate it. <laughs> uh, so, uh, we back to Steve here and our friends. So... Yeah, Steve's father, as we mentioned, he's kind of a wife-abusing, children-abusing asshole. Also unemployed. So. Why did they have to close the plant? If only they didn't close the plant. Yeah. And, like, he's trying to learn a trade, but he sucks because computers, man, they're... It's- <laughs> oh, that's right. He's got, like, how to learn... How to learn word perfect or whatever. <laughs> and he's trying, he's like typing with two Maybe fingers speaking. and he's like, computers, I don't understand computers with these kids and computers. Yeah, this is so stupid. This is not the way business is done. Yeah, Mavis Beacon definitely could have helped him out. So he, uh, so his dad basically tells him he's pissing his talents away. 
uh, and he argues with his dad, but then he daydreams about being on that football field again. Speaking of daydreams, are always in like sepia color, like he's on an Instagram filter. Yes. That. Uh, and uh, he picks up Julie, and uh, he's going to give her a ride. I'm going to, hey, you want a ride? Yeah, he doesn't offer her friends with the short hair. He's just like, looks at her like, how do they even know which one he's talking to? He's like, you want a ride? She's like, sure. Like, what about her friend? Maybe her friend wanted a ride. No wonder her friends hate her. So <laughs> then we have a them going for a ride montage, because why not? That song's good, too. <laughs> <laughs> so the director of this did Purple Rain. Is that correct? Yeah. It just feels like I can make rock videos. Therefore, I can make a full-length feature film, and I don't need to have dialogue, stories. I mean, I got two stories, pretty much the only thing, and I can make a whole movie. Basically, you just John Parr to write a song and some attractive people, and you've got most of the 80s movies covered. Uh, Mitch, uh, Steve DeVery, uh, he's a handsome dude. And it kind of felt like this might have put ideas inside of Ryan Lochte's head. <laughs> like, I'm going to win medals, and I'm going to be as big as as Steve Dever- as Mitch Gaylord. That's what I'm going to be. He smacked his gum all the time, too. So, yeah, I see it. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, he's like, can I be your boyfriend? And she's oh, like. No, he's like, do you leave anybody behind? She's like, what do you mean? He's like, right. give a boyfriend. She's like, no. He's like, you want one? She's like, hee, hee, hee. When he shows her his super secret workout space. Yeah, that's I, that's usually like a precursor to date rate, but she goes along with it. <laughs> At this yeah. point, I commented... The woods with me. <laughs> At this point, I commented, there is no damn flow in this movie. It's just <laughs> one fucking thing after another. Uh, Danielle, we meet. She's uh, she's Julie's gymnastic instructor, right? Choreographer. Choreographer, and she is riding Julie hard, and not the way I meant. I want to mean it. <laughs> All these people in great, great shape. Even the coaches, great shape. I understand what's hard on Julie, but yet I didn't really see a big difference between Julie's work and everyone else's. Other, he hated her song. That was the issue from the start. So speaking of her song, we're back with her cousin. And uh, even though he's her cousin, I got strong uh, feelings. He wants to have sex with her. Uh, And the waist down, so. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, FDR then tells her that uh, he wants her uh, or that he feels abandoned by her and the rest of the family. Because his parents died. This is where we find out the big reveal. Oh, yeah. He, he has no parents. Uh, Liz, as a professional, have no parent, have her. How did he think he did? You know, I usually like to try to hit it out of nowhere with it. I don't segue in, like, letting someone else discuss it. Now, this is because they're family. I also don't usually say, I have no parents, and then start playing music and tell people to dance for me. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, everyone grief a different way. 
That's true. And his grief was to make creepy electronica and have his cousin dance for him. And and, in a leotard. In a leotard. And she gets the idea, maybe I should use your music. Little did she know that would be her undoing. More to come. Uh, so we find out basically the whole Arthur family's backstory. Uh, his parents died. Family abandoned him. She's there to try to make it right. So let's go from one dysfunctional family to another. We got Steve and his dad. They get a little physical battle. The dad uh, rocking the Dago T. Oh, you, you mean the, the WAP rag? The rag, yeah. Uh, yeah. And yeah. he implies that his dad broke his list, wrist the last time. Now, later they explicitly show it, but they wanted you to chew on this for a little while. Did hey, his dad break? The last time, dad. And you're like, <laughs> what? What? Did his dad break his wrist? What happened? Did he break it metaphorically? Yeah. Is it just like a... So, uh, they get into a physical battle, and Steve's that that makes Steve decide. You know what? I want to be in gymnastics again. Yeah, that's usually how people get back into it. It's like some sort of physical arts alteration, altercation with family, and it's like, wait a second. Now that my father uh, so- threw me against a wall, I think I'm going to go back to the gym. <laughs> So obviously, like Steve, he pays rent. So he goes, to, he approaches his parents. He's like, "I want to work out more at the gym. I need to pay less rent. I got to work less so I can work out more." I mean, my like, I was gonna actually go to the bank this week and ask our like mortgage holder, like, "Hey, I kind of want to focus more on my physique, so I'm gonna need to take less hours at work. I'd like to take my mortgage down a few." And I said, <laughs> "Okay." They're gonna be like, sure. "I think." My world has shattered because Liz has a husband and a mortgage, and that's not the old spinster that I always counted on. Both know I'll be divorced and foreclosed in like three years. Okay. Thank God. Thank you. Thank you for that. Hey, let me just play this role for a bit, then I'll go back to my Your carefree ways. <laughs> All right. That's acceptable. Well, we've got Bro House 2035. Will you come and visit? What is it? Bro? It's a uh, it's Bro it's, House. Uh, it started out as Bro House like 2020, and it progressively moves back. It's my dream of a perfect utopia with uh, a couple of my friends who I know will be divorced as time goes on, and myself, and we just live in a Bro House on a beach. It's pretty much like yeah. Golden Girls. That's how it was. Yeah, how I mean. yeah. Just those sort of like. Hey, but like I want to live in like a morgue or like a funeral home, and then that's the only <laughs> caveat. Yeah, I mean, I think bro house is a great idea. Uh, I think you would add some of the uh, Sicilian spice. I don't care if you're not Sicilian, Sophia was, uh, and uh, I think you'd be a good addition. Okay, I'll consider it. I'm sure I'll be homeless by like 2035, so it'll be good to have a place to go. Perfect. My dream of uh, finding Liz on a street corner, prostituting herself, and becoming Richard Gere <laughs> to her Vivian is still intact. 
do you realize how old I'm going to be in 2035, though? I'm going to be like 40. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> no. By the way, uh, I had I first had that vision in like 1999, maybe 2001. So the original vision was like, two, I keep pushing it out five years. So we're at like 2022 where I pick you up on a corner. So still acceptable. It's basically your last good working year anyway. And then like the, the like the downcline now. It's just I gotta Yeah, so I have five years to become a Glenn, millionaire. Glenn Glenn does send me Glenn does send me a lot of pictures of older ladies when via text no, message though. Which is totally fine. Why would you say morgue? Like we're gonna party in a morgue like night shift? Glenn's I a big do love the movie night, night shift. shift. I've never seen it. <gasps> <laughs> now that this up, I'll have I have some projects. All right, Liz. Let me let me set a scene. Michael Keaton's first movie. Henry Linkler as the straight guy. Okay. Shelley Long as a prostitute. They okay. become... You have to have seen this. Ron Howard's first directorial movie, I believe. Clint Howard is also... They a turn a morgue into a brothel. Yeah, I think I, I think I did see this. You should revisit it. So, Liz, let's just play out play out the thought is I would just become Richard Gere. I mean, I've had this fantasy between <laughs> us for a long time. You just didn't know. And I'm a millionaire. And so I would just one day see you on the street, and I'm like, oh, you're that hoe from AFNI. She's got these good um, boots on. I worked on. at AFNI. If you say that hoe from AFNI, you're going to have to be a lot more specific. That's true. Uh, <laughs> hey, also, Glenn would also be very confused yeah. as well. <laughs> you son of a bitch. <laughs> I would say, hey, Liz, remember me? I became the king of all podcasts. Uh, and now I'm working. It, we're monetized. We're and fucking monetized now. Why don't you get in this limo and kiss uh, Laura San Bergio goodbye? And uh, I'm going to make you a superstar in my life. Like you only have a million dollars, though. No, 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 no. No, I have a lot more than that. I mean, I'm talking like I blew a million just on our first date. Okay, probably yeah. And then I'm gonna throw in the caveat: we also may become serial killers together. <gasps> That's what you should have led. <laughs> well, I don't want to lead with the good stuff. You got to build something. This movie taught us a lot about serial killing recently so i feel like i bring a lot to that if you want to start like oh yeah there's already serial killer podcasts we don't need to yeah them. there's too many of them and they all suck except for one but here's the thing i know a lot about serial killers you are the only person i know who would just randomly just go along with it without any questions asked uh i think it could be a winning combination sounds like you're just trying to set it up so that you get someone to do the killing for you so that when this all goes down. No, no. Liz. I don't see, I don't see Glenn lifting a finger to dispose of a body. He's not shoveling. No, he's not using a pickaxe to break up that. We use hogs to dispose of a body. As long as they don't have implants, they'll never find anything. That's true. That is true. Liz, this is just my way of, I don't know, 15 years in the making saying we should be together sometime. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> now that you have a husband, <laughs> you're my type. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, I think we were talking about a movie. So uh. let's go back to that. <laughs> uh, so, uh, blah, blah, blah. He want, oh, Steve wants to be, uh, he wants to come back. And the Rusky coach says, eh, eh. So uh, Steve trains Rocky Four style, Michael. Hearts on fire, your desire. So he trains outside in the elements. He does uh, no, no pain. pain. He does some things with trees. Uh, and we have our first meet. And this is my quote from our, the first gymnastics meet. Look at her. She's a scared rabbit. And oh, I'm I- a lion. Yeah, and like Becky's like, you better shit together. Not with that attitude. And I'm like, I didn't understand what was wrong with her attitude. I thought she was fine. Right. Why do you think everyone's against uh, Miss Gretzky? Immediately. They were like, your attitude's all wrong. It's like, what is wrong with her attitude? I don't, I don't, I, I didn't follow. Is it just because she's prettier than the rest of them? Yes. That's kind of what, I mean, I've dealt with that my whole life. So that's what. <laughs> It makes sense, like what they were getting her, like after her, like her attitude, like who she's a scared at it. I'm like, what is she doing? She's just out there doing her routine to very terrible music. So, some would say that's poor storytelling, but that's just some people. Uh, so Steve, well, he fucks up. He's trying to do something that he's not able to do at this point. And he takes a huge table uh, huge table bump, and his coach is pissed. Via, via Norton Mellon, he, Thornton Mellon, he tries to do a triple lending right after he just got back in to, to gymnastics. Uh, Michael, I happen to know that this scene is one of your favorites in the movie based off of text messages I got today. <laughs> well, this is definitely sticks out to me as a child because I was like, oh, doesn't he? Uh, it just... It was hilarious because, like, the build up to this, I'm like, he's totally gone. I'm like, okay, this is the scene where he runs into the guy. This is the scene where he flies through the air and he hits the coach or whatever and he busts it in the chair and the table. I was like, this is hilarious. I loved watching the scene. I watched it twice. I thought it was amazing. Uh, so the coach is pissed at Steve and he goes home and uh, he loves his dad and his dad loves him. But they can't seem to find a common language to tell each other that. You know, like English and words. Or just like not fighting. Right. This <laughs> is a day. Good, son. How was yours? Thanks, Dad. Uh, meanwhile, Julie, she approaches the Rusky coach, and he will not let her use Weird Cousins music. I'd like to think Rusky coach was like, in his mind, like, her cousin's trying to fuck her. I will not let her do so. Ski. Trying to fuck her. <laughs> she is mine. Have, have either of you guys have either of you guys watched the Itanya? Yes, yet? I love the Itanya. They they've they've got a different I mean, they talk about how her music selection might have taken away her points at some point during her her you know, so maybe that's what the coach like that's what they're drawing parallels to that. Like you need to stick to this weird Eastern European pixie music. Or you can't do the modern techno jazz rock that your cousin's uh, producing. Like, I know this is what works for your routine. This is we have conservative judges. Like she had no right to even ask him what she's been at that gym for what all of two months, and she's like, "Um, my music. I'm not used to others picking out my tunes." <laughs> I'm from New York, and I'm uh, perfect. Liz, have you watched Titania at all? 
I haven't. I, long okay. story. I try to like go see if something's not allowed it. So I will. I will because I I think she is America's sweetheart. She's the reason <laughs> I watch the Olympics because she's not on. Them. Uh, first of all, what's going to see a movie? I've never heard of such a thing. <laughs> uh, Every single thing I want to watch, I got a magic box on my TV and I can watch it. I, Allison Janney and I, Tanya, and I'm not just saying this because she's one of Bloomington Normal Sweethearts. Uh, she was amazing in that movie. She was great. No, I've heard it's amazing. I do want to see it. And like after a point, I'm like, okay, well, I don't know how to get this on my own TV. I'm not going to pay like a hundred dollars an hour to sit at a theater. So right. wait, I think I've got it pre-ordered on Amazon. So whenever they drop it, well, let me tell you a little something about the Fire Stick. Uh, that's off game. <laughs> I thought Allison Janney was amazing, but it felt like a different version of the character she played in Drop Dead Gorgeous. But I still loved well, them both. I loved them she both. She didn't get equally. her props for that. I will say the two best female acting roles of the year is Allison Janney and, and I, Tanya, and Laurie Metcalf. And uh, what's that movie I'm supposed to love more than anything? Every, oh, they, everyone loves it right now, Clint. Uh, yeah. Both of them. Went to college in Bloomington, Normal, Illinois. I'm just saying. Wow, what a great day for Bloomington, Normal. It's How- better. It's almost <laughs> as good as the day that uh, Sam Shepard got his DUI here. Almost. <laughs> You're forgetting of the most important person that went to ISU for one semester. John Malkovich? No, Ron Goldman. I forgot about that. You dropped that knowledge on me a few months ago. And I completely forgot the waiter, Ron Goldman. Yes, the waiter, the waiter. Ron Goldman. Uh, hmm. Liz, Liz did not know that. 2017, uh, stalking the O.J. Simpson uh, murder trial. <laughs> Twenty years too late. Uh, I saw pictures of her on Bundy. Yeah, I went to Bundy. Uh, yes, Ron Goldman went to ISU. I still forgot about that. I got to make sure I put that in my mental ISU Rolodex to randomly throw out to blow people's minds. Uh, So the Rusky says no to the creepy music and we're going to flash back to Steve. He's training outdoors again in the rain. Say anything style. He's very angry. He's kind of like in uh, Kevin Bacon does this in Footloose. And Andy Samberg does it in uh, Hot Rod, where he just gets angry and then he goes in trains, or he he uh, there's music in the background and he just he's got to go dance it out. He's got to go gymnastic gymnastic out all this anxiety inside of him. I think of his caliber of human being, i.e., white trash, would just go <laughs> like the fact that he does gymnastics at all when he doesn't really fit the bill shocks me that he would get angry and not. Go like get a DUI. Yeah, go 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 punch up some some gay people. <laughs> it definitely seems like a like a, a pocket knife and four wheeler. Well, I didn't have guy. gay people back then because like yeah. <laughs> uh, they didn't start or around to like the later eighties. Nope. Yeah. So speaking of uh, gay people and uh, some, did I just mention John Mahoney somehow? Did that come up? 
Maybe. I think it, Frazier. I don't know. Did you know that the dad on Frazier was gay? Yeah. In real life? Well, well that's well, good for him. What happened to him? Well, he died. Exactly. That's what happened. Oh. <laughs> I can't even joke about that anymore. because. I think he was a Steppenwolf guy, just like Aunt Jackie. No, John Mahoney? Yeah, I think he was a Steppenwolf he guy. Didn't gra- he didn't even start acting. Look it he up. He did not start acting until he was thirty. He was an old person. He started like he started yeah, he started like he was like the forty year old guy with these twenty year old people. He was in Chicago when he died, guys. Oh really? No. Hey guys. Well he was a great he was a good actor. I was like hey, watching guys, him. John Mahoney was in Steppenwolf. Yeah, he was he was. John Malkovich told him to join. Uh but apparently he was closeted till his dying day. I never knew that. That's- Oh, I mean, so like you come out of the closet and go into a coffin. How sweet. <laughs> well, maybe the coffin's in the closet. I'm really glad we didn't do this. Th- I'm really glad we didn't do the gymnastics podcast three weeks ago when we talked about all the gymnastics. Yeah, well, it, that's that's in the past. Anyway. <laughs> uh, so Steve trains outdoors and Steve quits. And Julie says he's a loser. For quitting, and then they fight. Uh, next week, but they also have like they also have a having sex montage somewhere yeah. in the middle there. Like he's at her apartment, oh, they're yeah. having sex, and then yeah. she leaves, yeah. and then they yeah. give like yeah. each other like angry Thank eyes you. as she leaves. Yeah, it's like, it's like I'll have sex with you, but I got to get back to the gym, and then he like passes out on her floor. <laughs> so we cut straight from them fighting to. Steve going home. His mom leaves in a huff. He goes in the house and everything's broken. Oh, by the way, Steve has a little brother who's a BMX racer. We haven't really acknowledged him because the movie didn't. <laughs> so they never really. They, do they give him a name? It's like Jimmy or? Uh, little, little Tommy. Tommy. I don't think they did. I don't, I don't know. So, uh, oh, they did. It's Mikey or Mickey. Yeah, it Mike. is Mikey. Mikey. It's Mikey. So, uh, Steve comes home. His mom takes off. Everything's broken. Uh, Steve's like loses his shit, and little Mikey kind of freaks out, and he takes off on his dirt bike. And now that opening scene where Steve was at a BMX race starts to make sense. Probably would have made more sense if I listened to the theme song. Anyway, <laughs> uh, about BMX racing for no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so uh, Steve chases after him. There's like this crazy mountain situation. Like they have like these crazy uh, aerial views of a mountain that didn't make any sense during the chase until like the very end. They're like, oh, by the way, here's a mountain. All right, back to the chase. Here's a mountain. Back to the chase. And then you're like, oh, his brother is literally, little Mikey's literally hanging off the side of this mountain now. Uh, his present, the four wheeler that they got for him, literally almost killed him because he drove angry. Uh, never, hey, Liz, uh, for your wedding present, I'm going to tell you, never drive angry. (laughs) People say never go to bed angry. That's a falsehood. Do that. Just never drive angry. No, I mean, I constantly am getting on my BMX when I'm in a bad mood. You like, you like to drive that on the subway tracks though, right? Because just the third 
the third round because because when I was leaving the Cubs rained out playoff game by myself because my friend who drove me there abandoned me. His name was Michael. Anyway, uh, I was stuck underground for an hour and a half because people kept jumping on the tracks after the game. I assumed it was you and your motorbike. That's something I would do. So uh, now, uh, Steve, he quit earlier, but now he's back. And the the random drunk Jeep guy, he's in the crowd. Uh, Steve isn't doing so well. Tiny. Steve isn't doing so well. Let's take a – now, the runtime at this point is like 58 minutes. 58 minutes does not make a movie. So we're going to spend the next 30-something minutes – Showing you gymnastics footage. I was like, a lot badly there. A lot of gymnastics, like more gymnastics footage than I've watched in my entire life combined. Uh, Did they just run out of ideas? Like, why are we doing 30 minutes of uh, gymnastics footage? They want you to understand that these are real gymnasts. Okay. It's not like your typical like sports movie where you see a little sports here, a little sports there. No, this guy was like, I'm going to make sure you see this sport. Seven minutes would have been enough for me to recognize. But, I mean, it's literally like a half hour, right? Yeah, it's just showing you their various routines. and. Uh, to a point, but- I thought Steve lost early on. The one girl's injured, so it's showing you that she's slowly deteriorating. <laughs> Even though she sucks, she still has to go out and compete. A lot of this just reminded me of old school. Like, I couldn't take any of this stuff seriously. Like, I wanted to see Will Ferrell run out and do the floor routine, and then Vince Vaughn smoking a cigarette on the rings. Like, I just felt like it's so hard to take any of this serious, but because it's the 80s and everything's so over the top. It's weird to think that as children, like, I know I took this movie very seriously. (laughs) So you had a poster? You had a poster for this? I had a poster. I, God, I... I took gymnastics, like it was six or seven, and I remember like thinking, oh, I'm going to be as good as them someday. But I was five foot six at the age of seven, so it just wasn't going to happen. Plus titties. No, <laughs> definitely did not have that problem. <laughs> uh, I would like to point out, up until now, we've talked longer than the movie was, <laughs> uh, but that's all going to change because the fuck I'm going to do a half hour of gymnastics. So this is how I, at first, by the way, I seriously, cause I was expecting the rush, like the, the rush finish. Cause I wasn't paying attention to how long it was. It seemed like I was what I was four hours in, but, uh, I thought Steve lost because they kind of cut away from the guys. And then the, like the handsome guy looked like he won. I was like, Oh, Steve lost. That's a, that's fine as long as a girl wins. And then we see Julie and she does win. And then they cut back to the guys. And I'm like, wait a minute, they're still going. And, it's- and so the, so Steve's friend and the Chinaman, they're battling each other. Right. I thought that and was then, like, and then you're like, Oh, that's the main story. Yeah, now. I thought they switched it because why not? This movie switches. Uh, nope. Steve comes from out of nowhere, does the triple Lindy and he wins. I feel like that's unfair too because he's done nothing this whole competition and then he can do nothing. That just that's enough. Like never mind all these other guys that have been winning all day. He trained for two minutes outside. Oh, by the way, Julie got to play her cousin's music. That's oh. the breakthrough. Oh, oh, oh. 
Oh, and the best part was like, oh, I forgot two two things involving him. Him freaking out in the audience. He's going, yeah, and he's screaming like, just he, I think he was having a seizure. Like two or three different times. Like him and Tiny are definitely gymnastic fans. If they weren't before this day of this meet, afterwards they're Remember, definitely gymnastic fans. Along with Julie practicing, I forgot to bring that that part right there. Like made the move. The cane, the cane it's situation. Like, it definitely, yeah. He's like trying to, I think. We're to assume that this brought Steve's family back together, right? That was it. That was it. Like, everybody's good. Like, no, here's the, the dad's listening, like, on TV, like, they're watching, or the radio at home, but he's still able to drive there and make it in time for, like, where is, like, I assume this competition was taking place elsewhere from where did I uh, um, in cinematic terms, in cinematic terms, this this meet was days long, so I assume he had time to get there. <laughs> if I were writing this movie, the only thing I would have added was an Asian character who shoplifted. <laughs> makes total sense to me, Glenn. Liz, makes sense to you? I don't. I mean, now that you say it, I I, I can't see the movie without it. I think I have her cast in my mind. I think I know exactly who it should be. <laughs> so, uh, Ebert, Ebert called this movie as bad as any movie I've ever seen this year. It's so inept that not even the gymnastic scenes are interesting. <laughs> um, Gay- Gaylord, the guy who plays Steve, he ends up uh, getting a Razzie nomination oh! for the worst new film star, but he ends up losing to the six guys and girls who played uh, Howard the Duck in the Duck Suit. Okay. That's bullshit. I'm not just, I mean, this is definitely when I look back as an adult onto 80, 80s movies that I loved, I'm embarrassed that I took this movie so seriously. And now I realize why my mom would sit there and watch with me and laugh the entire time. <laughs> so funny. And like, she was super into this movie and like, I, like the way I am now, where I'm like, yeah, yeah. But I was like, oh, she really likes this movie. My mom might be cooler than I thought. No, I get it. Uh, the movies I made my mom watch every other week were made to order overboard. And like once every two months, Howard the duck. Howard the Duck's creepy. It's not even just bad. It's creepy and it's, it's something else. Overboard, I don't think, is that bad. I can watch it now, and it's not like it's not like American Anthem. It's- I love Overboard, but they're remaking it, and that infuriates me. Oh, do you think they'll make American Anthem again? Nope. <laughs> nope. Seriously, I will cash out all of my stocks and 401k, and I will make it happen. I assume I can do that for a couple hundred thousand, right? Yep. Yep. That, I mean, that, I'm guessing that's the production value. Uh, I will direct. Just send me that money. I guarantee you either I will make this movie or you won't remember I didn't. I think that that's a fair thing. Do you take cryptocurrency? <laughs> <laughs> really well, man. I have like $400 today, so that's going to be like... I don't even know tomorrow. Uh, $17 billion. That's how fast it's all going. Uh, however, we better cash out because the next day you'll owe $34 billion. <laughs> <laughs> it's gone. It's, it's, it's 
this dumb thing. It's like going to the casino when you're at the end and you're like, I might as well just put these last few dollars into some machine and just be done. Like that's what I've done. Uh, I hate to ask this without uh, preparation, but does anyone off the top of their head, if they were to remake American Anthem, do we know who we'd want? Somehow Chris Pratt plays in my head, but I think I want to never. <laughs> no, but I want to say that, okay, I can't think of his name, but he played on Desperate Housewives. He was kind of a beefcake in like the early 2000s. Hispanic fellow. Uh, Antonio Sabata June? No, but he would be okay, but I think he might be a bit old. Yeah, and he's a Trumper too, FYI. Well, that's probably what belongs in this movie. For the <laughs> female protagonist, I'm going to go ahead and say Blake Lively. Okay. Ooh, you mean one. Mrs. Ryan Reynolds? Yes. For the coach, I'm going to go with... Who's the guy? Um, Mikhail Baryshnikov, because that's the only actor I know. Oh, no, no. you got you got to go with Yakov Smirnov, <laughs> uh, friend of the show, Yakov. Okay. He loves this country. Don't you remember Yakov? There's there's no way this could be made and not be a comedy. Like I Okay, I just, this feels like a Wayne this feels like a Wayans Brothers movie waiting to happen. I just oh. made the biggest mistake of my life, which is I looked up who's going to be in the Overboard remake. Uh Don't do it. Don't do it. Anna Ferris. Oh. And I honestly have no idea who this guy is. He looks like the Latin Tommy Lee Jones. Uh, I don't even want to try to pronounce this name. Oh, he was in that Latin Lover last that came out last year. It was a movie. It's like How to Lose a Latin Lover or something. He's a yeah, but he's a he's a big uh, star on the the Spanish networks. Dude, I think he's a I've, star. They're trying to make him a star here in America. He seriously looks like Latin Tommy Lee Jones. Like it's crazy. You know what? If I were to besides Goldie Hawn's daughter to play a Goldie Hawn role, I think it is Anna Ferris. I mean, I'm not a big fan of her, but if you look at that role, I think it kind of makes sense. I think she could do it fine. It's, it's, I don't know. You haven't watched the trailer? It's opposite. Like, she plays a Kurt Russell oh, character. Oh, are you serious? And he plays the, Oh, yeah. Jesus Time's up. This, the trailer came out like two months ago. Time's Glenn. up. Yeah, I don't believe trailers anymore because I thought Crocodile Dundee was coming <laughs> I out. I thought Crocodile Dundee 3 was coming out. Liz, are you hip to what happened there? Or 4. <laughs> that trailer what? Did you know about the Crocodile Dundee situation? Uh-uh. So a trailer was released months ago that we at the Osmes podcast were all over on our social media and it had Danny McBride playing the son of Crocodile Dundee and it had like Hugh Jackman and uh, Chris Hensworth and every Australian person who's famous. Yeah, basically, yeah, Russell Crowe, every Australian famous person, as he said, and they did like all these movie trailers, and I was super excited about it. It looked awesome, and it turned out to be a sham for a Super Bowl commercial about visiting Australia. Yeah, that's why you just—I don't believe anything. It's called fake news. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the Earth is round too, Glenn. Jeez. Yeah. No. Who's gonna believe that? So, 
<laughs> first of all, uh, I say this in all seriousness. Great selection is because honestly, I'm serious <laughs> because as we talk about often, we want to cover all aspects of 80s movies and this is one that was never on my radar and i'm very happy that you picked it uh because i never would have talked about it i never would have watched it and i am happy i did it's horrible but i'm happy i saw it it embodies the 80s genre of bad film too i i think when like just watching it i was like laughing hysterically because i'm like oh my god i forgot how cheesy and over the top 80s movies could truly be this one like that is a very good example uh secondly you sent me your schedule to do this movie yeah. and i know that i myself am a bowler and you were a bowler but you had piano lessons oh, yeah. uh, on your schedule could you could you talk about that real quick because i was confused i take piano lessons i mean i'm not saying that's bad <laughs> Yeah, no, I started, okay, so I took as a child, and then I started back, we have a music school a few blocks away from here, I started back last May, I am already have advanced all the way from the beginners, I'm in the, like, advanced. I think that's there. awesome, honestly, but I was, I was su surprised. I took it as a kid, so it wasn't hard, it wasn't as hard as I thought to pick it back up, but it's still, like, it's just something that I don't stick with, I don't practice as much as I ought to. Um, but yeah, that's what I do on Wednesdays. So real quick, uh, in the movie, pretty woman, there's a piano scene. I'm just saying, <laughs> uh, I just sent you both, uh, the picture of Latin Tommy Lee Jones. <laughs> I think I'm correct in this assessment. Oh, whoa. Yeah. Kind of uh, like a, like he's Tommy Lee Jones slash, um, like Billy Bob. Oh, I'm sorry. Like I'm sorry. Thornton. I meant Billy Bob. I meant Billy Bob, not Tommy Lee Jones. I'm dumb. I meant Billy Bob Thornton. I apologize. I know. But no, I don't like the, but he's the one that goes overboard. Yeah. I don't uh, like yeah. that. Either. I was okay with her being the Goldie Hawn. Like, she kind of, like, resembles. So he's going to wear the bathing suit? Have you seen that? Have you seen that? Have, you seen, have, you, have either of you guys seen the house bunny? I really like the house bunny. Like, it's she. It's so much fun going on that adventure oh, with her. Well, you should watch it. As an You'd actress, sometimes I think she's very comical, and other times she gets on my nerve. Depends on, like, how they do whatever she's, like, whatever her role is. Sometimes she's, too, like, house bunny, I did like that. Other stuff, she just kind of grades on me. Uh, so two final things uh, before we wrap this up. First, I stumbled across on my Amazon Fire Stick. There is a series called, I think it's like Zach Morris's oh, Horrible. Yeah, I wanted to ask you about it. Have you watched it yet? I watched some of it last night for the first time. I hate him. Like once you see that, he's... Yeah. So Michael... Uh, give you the Iggy here, what happens is, is they take Saved by the Bell episodes, Funny or Die produces this, they reduce them to two minutes, and they basically just break down everything Zach Morris did and why he's a horrible human being. 
they take just random episodes and they're like, then Zach did this and then Zach did that and then Zach did this. He's a horrible person. Like, not that you ever thought he was a good person, but he was funny. And it was like, oh, I love Zach Morris. And then you watch this when they take the laugh track out of it and break down how he sabotages his friends and basically. <laughs> <laughs> He's a sociopath. He's a sociopath. I almost, this, this morning, I almost didn't use my lifetime supply of Zach Berry shampoo in the shower. I still did, but I thought twice about it. No, really. It's a very take on it. Like, that's what you need to do with the 80s stuff is start breaking down 80s heroes and, like, let the world know, like, while, why they're terrible. Like, I want to do this with friends because I think Monica Geller was a fucking bitch. <laughs> Uh, we try actually to do that mostly with the eighties, uh, but not as well as this show did. So yeah. I recommend that they're like two minute episodes on funny or die. Uh, they're on Amazon prime. If you have the fire stick, uh, and my last thing, uh, before we wrap this up. So Liz 19 years ago, or we're coming up on the 20 year anniversary in July of a road trip that Michael uh, our friend, the black cat and my girlfriend at the time, JS took to Colorado to see uh, blues traveler play over 4th of July weekend. When we got there, we found out that John Popper had a heart attack from masturbating. True story. Uh, and then it kind of broke down into to disaster from there. And basically every way that's not comical, uh, it was pretty disastrous. And Black Cat reminded me of that. Like, hey, maybe uh, maybe next year we do it for the 20th. And I would do that, Michael, if, if the original players were on board. So I think what we do is we try to recreate 80s plots. So we kidnap JS. <laughs> at, at first against her will don't let her know it's us don't let her, well, don't she'll let figure her know it out it's us pretty but quick. everyone thinks everyone like her entire family will be like somebody kidnap mom uh, we kidnap her and then throughout the trip she gets less and less mad so we can kind of untie her at some points and she remembers that hey she loved us we were her best friends this girl uh, Liz she basically at some point turned and hates us both uh, with all of her heart. But I think she, uh, she made, she made me cry. Like I never, I never cried like that. I think we could kidnap her and turn her. (laughs) That's the plan. Let's, let's put it on the internet. So everyone knows trap a body and take it over state lines and just hope and pray. She gets Stockholm syndrome and begins liking. Well, it sounds Stockholm syndrome to a point because she, I mean, pretty much, that's a plot of pretty much like 10 or 15 well, that's different what I 80s thought. movies. That's so. what I was thinking. If nothing else, we have this podcast to fall back on. <laughs> this love us. Now, little why are you did being, we know, why are you being like this? It's, it's a- little <laughs> did we know 22 years later that we would still be lovers and she would not be involved. <laughs> she wouldn't even, she wouldn't even be a friend. This is a fucking Lifetime movie, guys. Well, I mean, we did we did just review the Corey's Lifetime movie. If you haven't watched it, Liz, I recommend listening to our podcast, and we'll break it down for you. The Corey Feldman sanctioned two Corey's Lifetime movie that just came out weeks ago. 
I can't wait to watch this video about Zach Morris being trash. I sent you a message like seven months ago, and I was like, Glenn, I hate Saved by the Bell. Nope. I don't know if yeah, you guys are I, getting it. I ignored it. Like, it, it points out stuff you never even realized about him. Like, you're, yeah. like you know the episodes, but then the way the guy says it, you're like, oh, my God. This should, like this show should have been pulled after a season because it's horrible. It's pretty much the worst. Uh, now, I went, I went to the Max when it was in Chicago. Uh, my first weekend of fun employment. Hey. <laughs> uh, and it was awesome. But watching this video last night, it made me real sad because Zach Morris was a horrible human being, but also kind of made me happy. But it may also makes us you realize his friends were stupid for even being friends with a guy like that. His, like the school should have like expelled him. Absolutely. Like, like everything is wrong with him. Everything. Everything. And since here's what made me happy about it. As a child, I always wanted to be Zach Morris. And now I feel after watching this video, I'm closer to being him than I ever imagined. <laughs> well, it's lucky you still have friends, Glenn. So here's the I friends. have one. <laughs> well, maybe two. This is my friend. That's good. Until tonight good. where I unveiled my prostitution plot with her. Although. Well, I think to me the the natural born killers lifestyle at the end, I think that would be that seems fantastic. Like that's a good end game right there. Yeah, murders partners for a life. Uh, okay. Liz, thank you so much for being here. I mean, this was. I, I will think of another great movie soon. You must because we're about to enter our tenth year. And we do want to bring back uh, some of our favorite co-hosts. And we haven't had many who we still talk to or haven't alienated uh, by firing them. And uh, you are one of those. And uh, we'd love to have you back over and over again throughout our 10th year of podcasting. Well, then I happily join on anyone that I can. All right. So, uh, yeah, you send me random movies and uh, we will put it together. We honestly don't know what we're doing one day to the next. So if you just drop in and you're like, hey, we're doing this, well, we would probably drop everything and just I, do what I you want to do. I did tell her, hey, it might be a couple weeks because, you know, whatever, yeah. we'll figure it out. And then like two days later, I'm like, yeah, uh, three days from now, we're podcasting your movie. <laughs> <laughs> no problem. But now it's my bedtime. So Yes. Thank you, Liz, very much. Uh, awesome. Thank you, everyone. Uh, stay awesome, everybody. Stay awesome. Bye-bye. Bye. Stay awesome. Go! You still here? Don't, don't, don't worry about us. We'll be all right. It's over. Should you need us? Yes. Should you need us? For any reason at all. Go home. Get out of here! Can't you see we don't want you anymore? Go.
She's trying 